I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, the podcast dedicated to all things younger. Last night, we saw the fallout of Liza's truth being all the way out there, and we found out what happens when you cross Quinn Tyler one too many times. Millennials broke and busted, and here to help me unpack all of it and how it all went down is the episode's director, Jennifer Arnold. Hey, Jennifer. Hello. So happy to be here. So happy to have you. Oh, wow. This is a big episode after a previous episode that was also a biggie, too. You know, I mean, Diana finds out about Liza, uh, you know, and her age and all the whole shebang in the length. So this is like the aftermath episode, if you will. There is a bunch of shit going on right now on Younger. <laughs> okay, so what's your process like in preparing to direct an episode of Younger. Let's see. My process for almost any show is that usually I've watched the show before I do it. But with Younger, I had actually seen the show, so I was really familiar with it. But I like to watch an episode with the sound off. And that helps me focus on, oh, how do they shoot this? So I'll think about things as a director like, do they cut back to the master? Do they, um, how much do they move the camera? What lenses are they using? So if you don't cut back to the master very much in the edit, then I know when I'm shooting, I shouldn't spend too many takes on the master. I shouldn't spend too much time doing that. That's fascinating without the sound on. I mean, if I start watching a show like Younger with the sound on, I get sucked into the story. Well, what I was going to say is, can you even enjoy (laughs) watching TV? So the answer is yes, with the sound on. Yes, with the sound (laughs) on, I can enjoy watching TV. And uh, every once in a while, I do just love to watch a show that I've never tried to get, I've never seen, I've I've never directed on, because then it does not feel like homework. But with Younger, everyone was so nice. And I had such a great time that I still watch it just for pleasure. Well, what were you thinking about while you were reading the script? Reading the script, I try to do something where I just read it the first time for pleasure. I don't take any notes. Oh, wow. Then the second time I read it, I will just scribble a bunch of sloppy nonsense all over the page, shot ideas, emotional beats, anything that comes to mind. And then I will start taking those notes and breaking them down into post-its. So there's so many practical things you have to think about when you're a director, like props and camera angles, all these things. And I put them in post-its on the script. And then as they get resolved during prep, I take the post-its out of the script. So I'll have a yellow post-it for props and a red post-it for shot ideas and different colors. And as I go through prep and I've talked to everyone about, hey, I'm going to need this thing. I want this thing. What do you feel about this idea? Once it's resolved, post-it comes out. And then I have a clean script when I get started. You're giving us all the secret sauce. (laughs) Um, How do you work with the episode's writers? The writers are sort of the key to being a guest director. So I tend to come in and shoot one or two episodes of different shows all the time. And I feel like your AD is your assistant director is the one who helps you figure out the practical things about how long are you going to have and what's the cast like and what do people like. And your writer is the key to all the story elements. So you usually don't meet them till you know, you start prep, which is in this case, a couple weeks before you start shooting. And then if I have any questions about how they want a scene to feel or what was the backstory to this particular moment, I'll go to them and ask them. And then they're there during the shoot. So they're always sitting behind you. And if there's something that they particularly want, they'll tap me on the shoulder and let me know. But uh, most of the time, it's a terrific collaborative experience. On this shoot, it definitely was. What do you like the most about shooting in New York? And also, what are the greatest challenges? New York was really fun for me. I'm a California girl. I am born and raised in California. And uh, a lot of the shows that I've done that take place in New York were actually shot in Los Angeles for New York, uh-huh. which is um, different. Uh, the The biggest challenge about shooting in New York was the street scenes. Because in L.A., if you're shooting in the street, you have these rent-a-cops that shut down the street. Yep. New York, if you're shooting in the street, you're just shooting in the street. And people are walking <laughs> through the shots. And I had not done that before. But uh, the the 
good thing about it is that it really does feel like New York and it's got tons of New York energy. Yeah, they shoot down by where I live all the time. And <laughs> I am respectful. I avoid the shots. There were definitely some people who were in, in typical New York style not willing to wait. <laughs> okay. What was your favorite scene to shoot from this episode and why? Favorite scene in this episode was a very small scene and I laughed really hard. Not when I read it, but when I understood what the scene was going to be. And that was a scene where Diana, Miriam, has to put this machine in her mouth, like the face planking machine. Yep. It's like this. So I read the scene. I was like, okay. And then they sent me a YouTube link to what this product actually was, this like flapper project. And when I saw that and I imagined Miriam doing it, I laughed just at the at the imagination version. When she actually did it, I laughed so hard. And then Peter gave her this look. And I laughed so hard that I think I ruined the take. And then finally we, we got it without me laughing. But that moment She's was hysterical. Oh, my God. She's so great. These little things that she does are so funny. I mean, you should have seen us trying to get through the podcast with her. It was. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> so this episode opens up with uh, the millennial team discussing the fallout of Liza's secret coming out. So massive. I mean, we've been building to this like the entire series. I know. It was a big, serious moment. There's a lot of emotions going on in the scene. How did you approach representing the range of what the characters are all feeling? The great thing about doing a show like Younger is that the actors are so on it and they're so terrific that as a director, you sort of step back and watch them bring all these different emotions to the scene. So in that scene in particular, I think the challenge was that we had so many people in Kelsey's office. So it was oddly not an emotional challenge. It was actually a blocking challenge to have that many people in the office and to cover that many people. But emotionally, it, honestly, I wish I could take credit. I feel like I saw what the actors were giving me. It was terrific. I might have made a couple adjustments. But in that case, we had singles on everyone. And so they had the freedom to sort of play and do different emotional things. In the edit, we could build all sorts of different versions. And what are the blocking challenges? Oh, gosh. In a room like that, it's it's mostly that, you know, you have Kelsey behind the desk and then everyone else who's going to be in the scene has to be on the other side of the desk. And you don't want everyone standing in a line because that looks weird. And you don't want everyone else in each other's shots. And you're often shooting two cameras at once. So you're trying to block them in a way that you might be able to get two clean shots at one time. So it's technical stuff that I don't know that it's that exciting. But it really just has to do with placing people in a way that you can get different shots off at the same time. There's another tense office scene at the end where everyone realizes Quinn has pulled her investment. Sutton's really great at making Liza sympathetic, even when she's wreaking havoc on everybody around her. <laughs> How do you create scenes that develop character as much as story? I think That's a the, tough question, by the way. I know. I was like, <laughs> I mean, the character's been around for uh, six seasons, and I'm new to the show. So I think... The characters are there on the page. It's my job to make sure that I'm shooting these characters in a way that there's flexibility in the edit and that and that you're capturing what these great actors are bringing to the characters. So it's making sure that you've got shots that help bring the humor and the emotion mm -hmm. and giving the actress freedom to bring that emotion to the scene. Well, speaking of great characters, Maggie has a very brief fling with a male artist who refers to himself as Flipper. Ew. <laughs> he 100% deserved to get the table flipped on him. But Younger never shies away from conversations about sexuality, fluidity. And so it's interesting to see Maggie, who's so open, respond to a man this way. How did you approach the storyline? You know, I am gay, so it was sort of fun for me to Same read these. it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Maggie's going to bring a guy home. All right. And um, 
Debbie, you know, I didn't have a long conversation with her about it. I remember her question to me was like, am I really like super making out with this guy? And I was like, you know, it's there's got to be like a lot of sexual tension, but I don't need it to get sloppy and gross. And she's like, okay. Um, but when I read it, I felt like, oh, yeah, this is true. Like definitely for me. Uh, you know, I've been with my wife for a long time, but if there's a guy who's sort of hot walking down the street, I'll take a look. So I liked that that storyline was in there. I have heard through some actors that there's like only one type of kissing that happens on set. So is that not true? Are there like all these different variations? Like on a scale of one to five, like was there a kissing scale? I mean, I don't approach it that way. I'd say every actor is different. And what I like to do is go to the actor and say, how are you seeing the scene? I feel like it's sort of passionate. I Like if you're doing a sex scene, you're doing, even if it's just an intense kiss, Yes. So I say, look, I think it's important that we actually see some tongue in the scene because I want this out of this scene. But there has to be a reason. It can't just be like, you know, for no reason at all. Right. In this particular scene, I felt like the fun of the scene was this flirting more yes. than the kiss that the yes, they kiss. But that 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 flirting and that tension was the thing that I was going for. Translated very well. Okay, how many times did you shoot Debbie flipping that table over? <laughs> That's my other favorite scene. Is, so good. is that table flip? We we did it twice, and we had two cameras on it both times. We did it once slow motion and once regular, you know, twenty four frames a second. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to put a piece of plexiglass in front of the camera to protect the camera, and we flipped that stuff right at the camera. It was totally fun. That table flip was badass. Was Debbie like so psyched to do that? I mean, Debbie has like like a knife collection. Like she's a badass chick. Well, okay. First of all, when I saw Debbie walk in in her outfit, she's wearing a leather hat. So I was like, "Mm, she's ready to rumble. And she was. She was very excited to flip the table. (laughs) I mean, we had a safety guy there, you know, but because we knew Debbie was going to bring it and she did. Okay. After the infinitely 21 photo shoot, there's a huge difference in vibes between the photos we see of Liza and Charles versus when Josh shows up on set. How do you characterize the shift in tone? I mean, isn't the deliciousness of Younger all about Josh or Charles. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I can't give away too much about 610, but I will say that I felt like I was setting up some elements in in the next episode. And I feel like forever Eliza is going to be torn between Josh and Charles. So you said that you've watched the show. Yeah. You like the deliciousness you just said. That is this, you know, will she, won't she with which one? Um, Do you have a team? Are you team Josh or team Charles? Oh, gosh. Well, okay. If you were asking about my real life, I'd probably be team Charles because I'm a responsible, like solid, responsible person. But my inner, inner soul is team Josh. Oh, my God. Because I always like chaos and I feel like... Josh just has this magic to him and he's the, like, not the irresponsible choice, but he is the choice that you make when you're 20 and in love and that's such a great spot to be. So, I mean, sorry, Peter. It has nothing to do with Peter, Peter, we all have a crush on you, IRL. We all have a, Peter is the (laughs) nicest, but I would, I like sloppy, so I would say Team Josh. Right? I feel like Josh represents, like, the love that, like you said, it's young love, but, like, imagine if you could put it in a bottle and keep it forever. That's Josh. Yeah, exactly. Like, Charles is the smart choice and Josh is the chaotic choice, but I think I'm for chaos. That real estate, honey. I, every time we bring something, I'm like, and it's uh, his brownstone. I'm very in love with real estate. Okay, Zane and Kelsey have a huge moment when they were finally honest with each other, admitting their true feelings. So what was important for you to capture in this pivotal scene between these two characters? We've been waiting for this for so long. I mean, the most important thing about that scene was to see 
the honesty and the difficulty that they're trying to share with each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hilary Duff just brought so much to that scene. She has so much pain under everything she's saying. It was an amazing scene to watch. It was a scene, it, we actually, I think it was supposed to be late at night and we shot it first thing in the morning and everyone was sleepy and we shot late the night before. So um, it was great to watch that scene sort of grow into itself. Did they have to do a lot of takes of that? And if so, like what they have to tweak? You know, there were two things that the actors were dealing with in that Zane and Kelsey scene. One was the location itself, although it looks fairly, I mean, it looks beautiful, it looks normal size, but it was very hard to shoot in. There was something about that counter that meant that we we did have to do a lot of takes for practical reasons. And then on top of that, Hillary in particular, like this is a hard scene for her. She has to make a turn where at first she's coming to apologize and then she has to like take this moment to be truly honest and she has to win Zane over and when we were shooting the master and the master's like usually the first thing you shoot is a big wide scene there was so much emotion in her voice and I thought oh this is gonna be a great scene and I remember when it came time to get closer and do the close-ups it was something that she had to sustain and that's not always the easiest thing to do so not only did she give me variation in performances, sometimes she'd be vulnerable, other times she'd be trying to push him, but she also had to do it over several takes. So we did make adjustments, um, but really what you see in this scene of her being more emotional, that was her first instinct, and I I thought it was a really beautiful scene. What are you most focused on when you're shooting scenes that involve high emotions like that? I mean, when you're shooting scenes with high emotion, you're just, you're focused on performance. Mm -hmm. You know, the great thing about that scene was there's only two people in the scene, so you really do have the time to play a little bit with performance instead of trying to make sure that you're getting all the coverage for all the different characters. Can you describe their chemistry? Because, like, it's so amazing, but to be on set and be a director and you work with so many different actors, so... I mean, everyone on Younger, at this point, they seem like they're family. And there's something that happens when you're a new director and you're walking in and, you you know, you're like the new kid on the first day of school having changed like mid-year. Everyone knows each other and you don't. And I have never been on a set where people were this welcoming and this happy to be there. And and especially a lot of shows by season six, people, they want to do something else. And it just doesn't, there's not that feeling, you know. So watching the chemistry between the real life actors, of course... It's different than the characters, but there's like there's true love between everyone on the set. I love hearing that. Watching Quinn deflect when she got caught in a lie during the New York One interview is cringeworthy, but also somehow impressive because she's just so ballsy. And then Liza's reactions are completely priceless. So how did the scene come together? Exactly what you said is is exactly what I was trying to get out of the scene. Quinn lies. Liza reacts. So when we're dealing with the movie cameras, we do these like sort of slow push-ins on Quinn telling the lie, on Liza reacting to the lie. But then I had this one shot in mind where our cameras would sort of move from Liza into the talk show camera, which is zooming in on Liza and really sort of showing, oh, she's vulnerable and she can't say anything. She's on live television. Right. And that whole scene for me was sort of about that one moment. And it was such a fun shot to do. So now we're going to take a deeper dive into one more scene from the episode. Let's talk about the scene where Kelsey stands up to Quinn in Liza's defense. First, just talk us through everything that's happening in the scene, like start to finish, like as if I had never seen the scene. Describe it to me. You know, previously, Liza has sort of let the cat out of the bag and she's not doing what Quinn wants her to do on live television. So Quinn's pissed and uh, you don't see it, but it's assumed that Quinn calls Kelsey and is like, God damn it, come meet me right now. So when Kelsey shows up, she doesn't really know what she's in for. But, you know, Quinn's one that you don't really want to wrangle with. Kelsey is new to her job as the publisher. So she gets there, finds out Quinn's pissed. Quinn wants Kelsey 
to fire Liza. Kelsey's now caught in this terrible position between standing up for a friend, doing what's best for millennial, and trying to make their main source of funding happy. I feel like this is what being a director is like. Sometimes you end up in these positions where the writer has one thing in mind, the actor has another thing in mind, and you're ADing your producer trying to make sure that you're making your day on time. Ugh. And you're, you're, you're dying inside, but you're standing across from someone and you look, just look like you've got your shit so together. And uh, I was thinking about that during this scene. And then I feel like I've had moments where I turn around and uh, in the first private moment, I can finally sort of fall apart. And so um, that's sort of what this scene reminded me of, those moments where you're holding strong, but inside you're dying. So you're really putting yourself in Kelsey's shoes. <laughs> I mean, in this case, yes. I felt like, oh, yeah, I've been in this situation. Tell us about shooting. It was a pretty tense scene. Was it a tough day for the actresses? Because I know, that, like you said, they're so friendly and familial. So when they have to be aggressive towards each other on camera, does it kind of stick with them? From what I remember about this scene, it was a very long day, and it was a scene that we didn't have a ton of time to play with, and I was worried, are we going to be able to get what we need? Both of these actors, they're so good. They're so professional. They just brought it, you know? It was really one of those scenes where we could play with it. We could get all these different things out of it, and so it was not... I would say the tension did not carry over, that the, the actors are very happy to be with each other, even if the characters are at odds. I know that they're both moms. Do you think that that helps them be extra super focused? You know, all the actors are wearing a microphone, right? And and the sound people are very diligent about turning the mic off when you're not shooting. So you would see them, they would start talking and you have no idea what they're talking about, but they're clearly bonding about something and it could have been the kids, but um, I actually don't know. What was the most important thing that you wanted to capture in this scene? I really wanted to get that turn from Kelsey, from that moment where she's like holding her own with Quinn, which can't be easy. And then she turns around and the second she knows Quinn can't see her, she sort of lets out. I think in the script it says, holy fuck. And that's the feeling that I wanted. Like, oh, my God, what did I just do? What's something fans might find surprising about how the scene was shot? You know, one thing that people might not realize is when you go out to find locations for a show like this, you have to find locations that are close to each other. So the talk show set and this bar are in the same building. Oh, wow. And uh, and the green room set, the talk show set, and the bar, they're all in the same building, and that's sort of how you build a workable day. So that's one thing that would be a surprise. Another thing that would be a surprise is that the scene takes place at night, but we had to shoot it in the day. How do you do that? You get giant black pieces of fabric and hang them over the windows. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, there was sort of a, a exterior like a big awning and they could hang the blacks off the awning so you could it still it looked much more realistic. Laura Benanti is really really funny, okay? So did she break the tension between takes or did she stay in character? Laura Benanti, I one she's like the busiest person ever. She's on a couple shows, she's got a Broadway show, she yep. uh and she has this insane ability to just be chatting with you, totally lovely, completely sweet person. You go back to the monitor say action and she turns into Quinn. So, um, no, she broke the tension. She was, like, delightful and funny. And then you call action, and suddenly she's this, like, sort of power bitch character. It was amazing. Strong women are at the forefront of Younger. Thank God. Is that right? How was it to shoot these two very strong characters going head to head? I mean, I don't know that I would treat it any differently if they were women or men, but I'm, I must say that I delight in the fact that the women in Younger are such full characters. Like, there's so many times that you go to set and you're like, oh, okay, 
this woman character is just a prop. And that never, ever, ever happens on the show. So I don't know that's different directing the women, but I would say it's really enjoyable to see these characters. Kelsey is so defiant and resolute. But the second she turns away from Quinn, you could see how freaked out she really is. Tell me about how you captured Kelsey's fire and her vulnerability within that like one moment. I mean, this was a thing that Hillary and I talked about because Hillary, Hillary felt like, oh, is she strong? And I said, you know, I, I interpret it as that she's realized, oh, my God, I just put a lot of stuff in jeopardy, but I did the right thing. But what are the repercussions going to be? Right. So after we talked about it, I feel like that's exactly what Hillary gave. Again, I wish I could take more credit, but these actors just give great performances. So it's not like I've got to create an environment that allows them to do it. They bring so much just on their own. Okay, now I want to ask you the five questions I ask every younger director when I have the chance to. What's your favorite younger set or location that you shot on? I think the main set, the Millennial Office, that is one of the more beautiful sets I've ever seen. And in my case, so I do a block, which means I'm doing two, and we shoot them all at once. And typically you have five days on set and five days out in location. I had a lot more location days. So I was sort of disappointed I didn't get so many days on that Millennial set because it's so pretty. And it really, you can't shoot it in a way that looks bad. It looks so great. What's been the most memorable scene you've shot on the show and why? Well, from this episode... You know, the very first day of shooting was probably my most memorable day because we had to do both photo shoots in one day. And there's a lot of elements and a lot of different fun bits to play with. And just asking Sutton, I remember going up to her and saying, Sutton, can you be more dorky on this scooter just a little bit, you know? And I had to act out what I wanted her to do. And I felt so dorky. (laughs) And I think she got a lot of inspiration from just how dorky I looked. Is there a scene that you shot that didn't make it into the final cut that you wish had? You know, there was one scene that I was really worried wouldn't make the final cut, and that was the scene where Miriam plays with that the, the mouth machine. I, I don't know the name, but the face planker. I thought it's not totally integral to the story, so if they have to cut something out... For time. For time. Like, maybe they would cut that scene out, and... Uh, it was my favorite scene, so I was so glad it was in there. Oh, Miriam, she just slays. She's so funny. So funny. Which younger character would you most want to hang out with in real life? This is an evil question. I know, because sorry. they're Character, right. though. At least it's character. All right, all right. I would say in my real life, the person that most likely in my real life you would find hanging out with me would be Maggie's character. Uh-huh. However, the person that I secretly would want to spend the day with is Diana Trout. And I would want to go to the shop where she buys all her necklaces <laughs> and see what the hell was going on in that store. <laughs> I'm so there for that. Um, and last but not least, what's the best thing about working on the show? The very best thing about the show is it's the cast and crew. Not only are they so great at their jobs, but they're just so welcoming, so nice. I had more fun on this show than I'd had in so long. It, it sort of reminded me of that feeling that you get in film school where everyone's coming together and working really hard and trying to get the day done. But we're all there for each other. And I just hadn't had that feeling in, in a long time. It was it was really, really lovely to be part of the show. It's so nice to hear that. I mean, when we hear from the cast and crew that have been there for like the writers six years straight, you know, it's like maybe they're just all in it together. But you're coming from the outside saying like this is special and rare. No, it is special and rare. I mean, the, the writers were so great to work with and the 
The show is such a good show. The actors are not only talented, because you always have talented actors, but sometimes when you're the new kid, there's just not time for people to be as welcoming as they were on the show. And on this show, it it's like I would do it again in a heartbeat. I had so much fun. I love that. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your insights on how the stories on Younger actually come to life. Thank you so much for having me. I know you directed the episode coming up next week, too, and I cannot wait to see what happens. It's going to be great. Uh, give me one word to tease next week's episode. Okay. Can I do two words? Sure. Tough decisions. Ooh. I'll be back after next week's episode and every new episode to get into it all. I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered. Younger Uncovered.